Today on The Killing Fire, uh, I'm bringing back Fist Bump Fridays. And, and that's when we do collaborative uh, shows with other amazing podcasts out there really trying to help men. And today I've got Dad Up Podcast with Brian Ward. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. So the backstory that you guys don't know is that we've actually done the show already and right. I didn't hit record. So there's a little, little uh, truthism for you that, hey, you know, we're all still learning. <laughs> it, ha it happens to all of us, man. <laughs> so, um, so I love what you're doing with Dad Up. Um, I'd love to kind of uh, expose my listeners to a lot of what you're doing. So tell us a little bit more about Dad Up and about yourself. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks again for having me on again. Uh, <laughs> as we <laughs> know, in the podcast world, there's always uh, little little things that happen that uh, glitches, I guess you could say, that uh, that make for episodes uh, uh, interesting. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, I mean, a little bit about me. I mean, I've 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 been a dad for a long time. I don't I don't consider myself a professional uh, uh, like therapist, but I do consider myself a professional dad. I've got a 22 year old and a 19 year old, and mm -hmm. um, so I've been, I've been around the dad block quite a while. And uh, when my boys were, you know, kind of getting older and about to go off on their own, I kind of had this void in my heart. I kind of felt like something was going to be missing. My dad journey was coming to an end, yeah. even though technically it wasn't. Uh, but my dad journey was coming to an end. And I thought, what else can I do? What else is out there that I could do to, to really keep the, keep that journey alive. And, um, talking to a family member, they, they said, you know, you really should start a podcast on being a father and what it means to be a father and interviewing dads um, about their roles. And hopefully a dad that could be listening to the podcast uh, could take some, some advice or tips uh, that would help them um, in being the best dad that they could be. So I've interviewed uh, celebrities, pro athletes, um, entrepreneurs, business owners, pastors. Uh, I've interviewed a just a range of people that have been, I've interviewed you um, yeah. that that have been on my show. So, um, and, and I've also been featured in various publications, which has been a blessing. Uh, I was featured on HLN, which is a which is a syndicate of uh, uh, CNN. Um, uh -huh. So uh, it's just been an exciting journey. It's been almost two years now, and I'm I'm just about uh, 100 episodes in. So uh, it's just been a really really fun journey, and I'm looking forward to uh, to more things to come with the show. Yeah, one of the things I love in meeting with you and others is that, you know, there's, guys, there's so much you can offer, right? I mean, you just took, hey, I'm a dad. I've learned a lot of things as a dad. Is there something I can offer? And I just want to encourage you listeners that be encouraged that no matter where you are in your stage of life, you very likely have something to offer. And Brian, your story is that it's, you know, you were transitioning and now you were like, well, what can I do? And now 100 episodes later, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, the people that I've learned, it's it's funny. Some of the things that we have talked about over the over the last almost two years, there have been things that I have learned that have I, I thought, man, if I just knew that, or 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 just kind of had that kind of idea when I was raising my boys, I think I would have been an even better father because I'm not a perfect dad. Even today, I'm not a perfect dad. Um, I make mistakes, but. Uh, I think I would have been an even better father had I known some of the things that some of my guests have shared with me uh, in their journey. So, well, I'd love to. So, I mean, you're just kind of teeing that up. So I just got to ask, <laughs> you know, like what are some of the, some great nuggets that maybe you've personally uh, gotten from different, you know, guests that you've had things that you're like, wow, this is really helpful. Yeah. You, you know, 
It's, it's uh, two things stand out to me and it's actually two things that I've actually, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say I've stolen from dads and I've used them in my kind of my teachings to other dads. But one of them being uh, that, that our time with our kids is so precious and, and something that um, I think about, if you look at the statistics, our, our average lifespan right now is 78 years, 78 years old. But in that 78 years, years you're spending so much time sleeping there's a number of years in there you're spending sleeping. There's a number of years you're spending traveling. There's a number of years you're spending at your job. And that it, what it comes down to is, I'm not going to break down all the numbers, but essentially what it comes down to is eight years, eight years of you living your life. And those eight years, if you had only eight years with your kids, how would you spend that time? Because right now I think, okay, I have, I have right now, I've had 22 years with my son, but I really haven't. I've spent a lot of years sleeping, a lot of years driving, a lot of years doing work other things going on, but a really solid eight years with my boys. So um, <clears throat> when I think about that, I think about time and something that one dad said to me that I never even thought about. And it's something, like I said, that I preach to my dads now is that kids spell love T-I-M-E. Hmm. It's, it's so true. And the amount of time that we spend with our kids in the, in the, uh, I guess the presence, the presence that you provide your kids in that time is so critical. Um, and so I use that, uh, kids spell love T-I-M-E, the amount of time that you're spending with them is how they, how they get the, the love from you. Uh, and then the second thing that I've learned is that, you know, we have, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of dads that have, you know, talk, talked about in their early years, really imagining building a legacy, building a business and their legacy for their family. But um, one dad said to me once, and I thought, wow, that's powerful, is that your legacy is not built outside your home. Your legacy is built in your home. It mm. starts within and works its way out. So those two things, the time and the legacy is what I've taken from a couple of dads that I've just used in you know, my, my working with dads and teaching dads and helping dads. So, Man, that's powerful. I think that um, the pull of, on, on men is to build the legacy outside of the home you know, yeah. and make those kind of conquer those mountains outside while you just think, oh, this will just take care of itself. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is um, you may conquer those mountains in your life, but if you neglect what's at home, um, those are really difficult mountains to conquer later in life, you know, kind of making things right and turning around saying, oh, I didn't, Sorry, I was gone for seven years. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, I mean, you're, it's right. I mean, you think about it. I, I, when our kids are growing up, when they're in those formative years, their younger years, um, <clears throat> we spend so much time where dads have this kind of this, they carry this weight on their shoulder of being the financial provider for the family. So they think mm -hmm. they have to work these 80-hour weeks to really build something financially for their family. But at the same time, they're missing out on those formative years. And they say, you know, I, I talk to a lot of dads and say, look, I want to retire when I'm this age. And then they think about it, their kids are teenagers uh, when they want to retire. And I'm think, I, I tell them, look, your kids are teenagers now. They don't want to hang out with you anymore. They want to <laughs> hang out with their friends, right? So you've yeah. missed all those years up to them being teenagers. You've missed those bonding years with them. And now you don't have the relationship when they are teenagers to, um, to continue that bond. It's not there because you were, you were so absent in those beginning years. So I think it's really important for dads to understand that, or not only dads, but parents, moms too, um, that it's, that's those formative years that are so important. And I think that's what's been the benefit for me being a dad with my boys 
is I was so aware of that when they were younger. I wanted to be involved in everything when they yeah. were younger. And there was no amount of money that was going to keep me from doing that for my boys. And it's why I have, I honestly believe it's why I have the relationship I have with now with my boys, because I was, I was there for everything. Yeah. And let me just play that, um, the flip side of that coin. Cause there may be a, a dad there a dad that's listening that's younger, right? And it's right in that spot, you know, when you're talking about they have the financial pressure, they have the sort of where am I going to invest? Um, and you're basically saying when you were at that point, you said, you know what, I will be in my kids' lives. You made a decision. Um, and I know you're a coach and we're going to hopefully get into that, but it's like you were involved in their kids' lives. And so now all these years later, do you feel like, oh no, I missed out on something? I have a great relationship with my kids, but somehow I missed some other train. Like, and that's that fear, that background fear. Like, well, if I don't do this, a lot of men think then, you know, something bad's going to happen in the future. What, what would you say to those dads? Well, I think, listen, it's, I probably have missed out on some opportunities that may have come my way um, over the years, but I think God has, God has given me a, a, kind of a path to follow. And I, I honestly believe that, you know, I don't know of your listeners, how many of them have a, have a faith-based, um, you know, are, are really focused on their faith-based relationship with their, with the, with the Lord, but I am. And when I think about that, I think, okay, the Lord has put me on this path and I'm following that path. And if I've missed out on opportunities, it's not because I missed out on opportunities. It's because the Lord didn't have those opportunities available yeah. to me Amen. and he wanted me to take a different path. And yep. so I, I honestly believe that I followed that path based on what he's wanted, wanted me to do. So um, mm -hmm. I think if you're, if you're a young dad out there, um, listen, I, I get the pressures of wanting to be able to provide for your family. I get the pressures of, Hey, you do have a job. Parents have to work. I get all that. Um, but there are sacrifices that you could make. And maybe, maybe it's not, not necessarily working the 80 hour weeks. Maybe it's just kind of arranging your time, readjusting your schedule. So that way you can be there for your kids. When, when my boys were, growing up and playing this, all the different sports that they played. And, and I coached everything that they, that they played. Um, there were days where I had to leave work early in order to make their games. I was a coach, so I had to make their games or their practices. Yeah. And all I did was just readjust my schedule. So there were days when I was going into the office at 4 AM so I could leave at two to be there for their practices or their games. It's just a sacrifice. You have to be willing to make sacrifices in certain areas of your life in order to be there for your family. And uh, just a firm believer in that. So I'm going to ask you a personal question. Sure. I'm just warning you. Do you feel, do you have any regret for those decisions? Um, no, I don't. And I say that um, I hesitated because I was trying to think of different things that may have come up in my life that uh, I, I look back now and wish I would have taken a different, you know, I wish I would have taken the opportunity or wish I would have done it a little differently. Mm. Um, uh, no, uh, there isn't. I, I, I made the sacrifices. I believe I made the right sacrifices. Uh, and, and listen, I, I work in corporate America. I have a corporate job right. and that corporate job has allowed me the flexibility based on my schedule, uh, has allowed me the flexibility to be there for my kids. And if that way back when my kids were younger, if my, if my employer said, you know, you can't, you can't do that. You can't work these different hours. Right. You have to be here this time. Then I can, I truthfully, Troy, I can tell you, I would have taken, I would have looked at another job. I would have, I would have looked at a different yeah. career uh, so because I, it was just that important to me. 
Thank, thank you for sharing that. That I, I know that was a little bit on the on the point on the spot, but it, it's so helpful because listeners, I want you to guys just to really dial this in. Brian's made decisions as a younger dad that years and years and years later, he has the rewards of those decisions, the satisfaction of feeling like he's done what the Lord has asked him to do up to this point. And he has a, a robust, living, active relationship with his, his boys. You have two boys, right? Right. And he's not with, he's not, he doesn't live around walking around with regret. And so you, a lot of you young dads are kind of at that crossroads and, and I, part of the reasons we do these shows is to offer our, our lives as testimonies of what's possible. Mm-hmm. And, and I meet a lot of men with regret. Regret is pervasive. And it's usually regret for prioritizing the wrong thing and then getting bit in the butt years later by saying, I, if I only could exchange all this money for those, the, the love and the relationships that I have with my kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you want to be that dad, Mr. Successful, all the money in the world, and you can't buy love and relationship and trust, go ahead. But we are two older dads with older kids to say, you can live without regret, you can sleep well at night, and you can have a blessed life. And it may mean that some of those trains of success, if you will, pass you by, but you got to trust the Lord's got, he's got something better in mind than maybe all the shiny objects that the world always says you need. So. Yeah, yeah, amen to that. And I, and I uh, would add to that and just say, listen, listen, you can you can still be a successful father and be yeah. successful in your career. I've had a very very productive, very successful uh, career in the corporate world. Um, I, I consider myself successful. I'm able to financially provide for my family. Now, look, I don't have the Ferrari sitting in the driveway, right. uh, but that, that that stuff's material. That stuff doesn't matter to me. Um, what matters to me is the relationships that I build, not only outside the home, but inside my home. And that's what's important to me. I want to be able to be when I'm when I'm, you know, on on my bed about to go visit my heavenly father, my last breath before I take my last breath. I want to be able to say I, I've lived my life without regret. Yeah. And, um, and I'm and I truly think that I'm on that path right now. That's powerful. Now, I just uh, just to share a little bit of my story mm-hmm. in that. We made a decision as a family that my wife wanted to stay home with the kids. Uh, I have nothing against women working. I have nothing commentary on that. Great. You want to kill it. That's fine. No problem. But in my family, that was one of the things we wanted to try to do. Now, what that's done all these years later, 20 years later, 15 years later, you know, we didn't have this dual income pumping into our house, you know, to get the bigger house and the vacations and then et cetera and et cetera. Um, and so as my kids grew older, they were kind of like, well, wow, they seem to have a lot of money, <laughs> you know, and we're fine. And we, we've been taking care of God's been so gracious to us. And I would tell my kids, I said, you know what, we made a decision a long time ago that your mom would stay home. So that mm-hmm. meant that the income would come from me. Um, and you know, and I'm a, a bit of a botch and I've kind of like stumbled along, but I've done well eventually. And, and been able to take care of everything. And I said, um, and I worked two, three jobs at times in my life as a young dad, just to meet bare minimum. I didn't have to do that long. But um, the point I would say to them is like, look what we have. Now we may not have, you know, the, the vacations in Vail, but we've got a loving family that enjoys to be around one another. Mm-hmm. and uh and and i said and we intentionally did that and that's as they've gotten older now and i've got one married 
you know, these are the kind of things that they're going to come to those crossroads and I'm going to be like, well, here's the decision we made and here's the result. You saw the result of it. So, so I would encourage you to go that direction, but, but go whatever. I mean, you want to work. That's fine. It's not really a commentating on working. You know, it's just about priorities, decisions based on priorities. So, well, look, yeah, my, I, yeah go ahead. My, my wife was, um, she was a stay at home mom for many, many years. Um, we were fortunate enough. My wife say, uh, she has a degree in, in um, uh, um, she, she wanted to be a teacher. And uh, so when my boys started in school, um, she was fortunate enough that she wanted to work. She wanted to be a teacher. So she got a job as a teacher at their school. Yeah. Um, so she was able to take them to school and be there with them at the school because she was a teacher and she still teaches today. She loves it so much. Um, but uh um, so yeah, we, when they were younger, when they were before they were really in, in that kind of the school age, uh, she did stay home and we were, we functioned just fine. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, she took the, took the, uh, made the decision that she wanted to work and be a teacher and she was fortunate enough to be a teacher at, at their school. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's personal preference. What, what the wife wants to do. Um, yeah. but if, if she wants to be a stay at home mom full time, uh, then, you know, dad's got to figure out a way to, to make it happen. Yeah. So uh, with you being a coach, I just want to ask this last question. Is there anything that you kind of see parallels between coaching a team and being a dad? <clears throat> you know, there, there are things that, that kind of you've learned from the coaching world to the dad world or the dad world to the coaching world. I'd just be very curious, like your insight on that. Yeah. You know, so I've coached for many years. I've coached for uh, almost 20 years now. Uh, and even though my kids are out of high school, uh, I think I've shared this with you, but even though my kids are out of high school, I still coach at the high school level. I'm a varsity basketball coach, uh, at, at their former, at their prior, uh, high school. Um, but it's something that, you know, when I think back to it, I think back to when I played sports and being the kid, when, when you picture this, when you have a kid that's playing in a game, they're looking up in the stands, not to see all the fans. They're looking up in the stands to see who's there supporting them. They want to see their family. And when I played, my parents worked full time and they, they very rarely came to a game. That's not, that's no fault of theirs. It's just, they, they had, they had jobs, they had to work. They just couldn't make it. Yeah. So I can always remember uh, going to practices or going to games with my friend's parents because my parents couldn't go. So I was that kid that was looking up in the stands and not seeing any support. And I never wanted that for my boys. That's why I took on the role of coaching in their, in their games and in their practices, uh, being a coach on their teams. I figured if I'm going to be there, I got to take them to the practices. I got to take them to the games. I might as well get involved. And that's why I did. Um, and now when I think about it, um, I know that as a coach, um, I have these young men that are looking up to me almost like a father figure. I have players on my teams that, that have parents that I've never met because they're just, they're not around. And I want to be that role model. I want to be that mentor for them. And I have, I've had players that have since graduated high school that have reached out to me um, and asked me for advice. And it's, I consider it fatherly advice. Uh, I've, I've even sat down with players and, and broke bread. We've, we've eaten meals together and, I, and I've talked to them about their goals 
and about what they want to do and held them accountable, uh, almost like a father figure. So for me, coaching is, is fun. Uh, I love it. I'm competitive. I'm one of the most fiery competitive coaches out on the court, out on the basketball court. Um, but my ultimate goal is to be a mentor to these young men because eventually it's very rare. It's a very small percentage of players that actually make the professional level but being a mentor to them and really guiding them and shaping them for um, what the world is going to, you know, what they face when they hit the real world and become adults. Um, that is, that is ultimately what, what I want to do. I just want to encourage them and, and provide them guidance and leadership. So that way they can be productive, productive men when they get out into the real world. Cause we know the real world is going to hit them in the chin when they get out, um, when they get out of high school and get out of college. Um, so um, if I can be a mentor to them, then I've done my job. It's not about the wins and losses. It's not about, hey, did you, did you, did we have a good practice or not? It's not about, uh, you know, whether we won this game or not. It's more about just being the mentor and the role model for them, uh, somebody that they could look up to and know that their coach is there to support them in everything that they do, off the court and on the court. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm sure you bring that that same passion to to your show. If people want to kind of follow up with how do they find your show or other materials you offer, where should they go? Uh, well, the best place for them is um, most active on Instagram. So it's data podcast um, on Instagram. Uh, I do have Facebook. Uh, you can reach, you know, look under Brian Ward on Facebook. Um, but I do have a Facebook group uh, called data tribe. That's my Facebook group. Um, but I have Twitter, I have LinkedIn, I have TikTok, I have them all. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you can, uh, you can look up my website, dataptribe.com uh, is my website. Uh, so they can go there and, and see not only get access to the podcast, but also uh, see everything that I'm doing. Now, so are you still doing stuff on clubhouse? Uh, yes. Uh, from time to time, I do have a, a clubhouse, uh, club called dad talk. Okay. Um, we've been, we've been kind of on hiatus, uh, as far as, uh, posting, uh, or doing rooms. Uh, but I, I do participate in another club called imperfect parenting, uh, mm. that I'm very active in, uh, and we do different topics throughout the, throughout the week. Uh, we have several topics throughout the week that we talk about. So, um, I'm not as active as, uh, I used to be, uh, over the, you know, first few months that it was going, uh, that it hit the, hit the floor. Um, uh, but, uh, I am still pretty, pretty active. Hey, Brian, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show and just kind of sharing your heart about your show. Uh, guys, if you're a Killing Fire listener and you're a dad, you need to check out Dad Up Podcast because he's offering some amazing advice with his good guests. So, so thank you so much, Brian, for coming on. I appreciate it, man. And I, uh, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate what you're doing. And I look forward to uh, continuing our friendship, brother. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, if you did like it, it would be really helpful if you want to send us a review over on iTunes. That would be really cool. And if you want to connect, go over to Instagram, search Troy Mangum or The Kindling Fire, and we can connect there, and that would be a great way to kind of stay in touch. I am doing a YouTube channel, so we do video formats of these podcasts, and we'd love to have you look there. Okay, guys, until next time, be awesome.